So the reading will be from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dom- dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the oceans, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, sorry, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed, that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have you shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the oceans, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so, and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. I'm reading from Genesis 2, verse 5 to 8. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was coming from the land, and there was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And then he put the man whom he had formed. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 to 22. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But Adam, but for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon him, and while he slept took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, give them a clap. Hey, good. So um, as we sort of came, you know, we found out we're hosting the first state youth service and we're like, oh, gosh, where do we start? And um, it sort of seemed right to sort of start with God as creator. It's sort of the first revelation of God that we get in his word, that the very first pages outline that God is the creator. Like he's not one of the creators. He's not a creator. Um, but he's the creator of heaven and earth and everything within it. And um, at the time, that was a radical message. Like within the culture of the time, all the people, all the sort of groups, they, they believe that there was different gods. There was many gods. There was, you know, the god of the sun, the god of the waters, the god of, you know, animals and stuff. And that in their sort of conflict and in their chaos, the world was formed. But actually, the Bible states that actually God, our God, is the creator. 
And if you think about it, it's also like a radical message today. Like to actually claim that God is the creator of all things. Like it doesn't like, people think it's a bit weird. You know, you go to uni, you go to school, you know, evolution is not like, it's no longer like a suggested theory. It's like that's what's taught, that's what's expected nowadays. And I just like, just that very first idea that God is the creator, I think is something that we've all got to sort of understand a little bit. But you know, tonight we're not going to focus on the how that happens. And, you know, there's people much smarter than me that talk about those things. But tonight we just want to focus on the sort of the who, the what, the why. You know, who created, what did he do, and, um, and why did he do it? So we've got three things naturally because all good things come in three. Um, so we've got God created perfectly. God created personally, and God created purposefully. All right? Easy to remember because they all start with the same letter, and it took me a while to come up with that. So make sure you remember those. So first thing, right at the start, um, the, the bit Francis read out, God created perfectly. You know, I, he looks at his creation. He looks around and and every aspect about it, right at the end, you know, God, God saw all that he had made and he declared it good. In fact, he said it was very good. The word good can be translated as excellent or beautiful. You know, God saw what he had made and he was, he was pleased. He was, he was happy with it. He goes, yeah, this is awesome. This is just how I wanted it. Everything that he had made, he saw, it was very good. Hands up if you've, um, if you've heard Ed Sheeran's new album divide i think we can all agree that is the best album of all time it is it is fantastic yes okay i'm a little bit of an ed sheeran fanboy i'll admit but it's so good like there are no bad songs on it like i don't press skip once like unless i want to get to galway girl again and I, i i was like so i was watching some videos of ed sheeran and even he says, he's like, this is my best work ever. He said that in an interview. This is my best work ever. This is the best stuff I've done. And I just thought, I love you, but I hate you. Like, that is, that is cruel to say, like, confidently, that's my best work ever. I don't know if you've ever tried writing songs or, like, doing any sort of creative outlet. Um, so writing songs is something I, so that's one of my creative outlets. And to get something to a point where you're like, that's the best thing I've ever done and it's it's perfect. Like, I'm happy to share that with the world. Like, I don't know how one ever gets to that point. Like, that is, that is a serious thing. And, you know, I spend hours, like, just trying, like, he's, he, it's flawless. Like, his songs are perfect. And I'm like, how do, how do you do that? And it's just, like, I was thinking about God, like, God, God creates the world and all of a sudden there's no self-doubt. He doesn't leave like a suggestion box to sort of say, if you've got any ideas, put them in there and um, you know, we'll talk about it. You know, he's, he's not sort of stressing about whether this is going to work or not. He knows it's good and that it's perfect. And what does he do after, he's, after, he, declares, he, after he sees everything that he's made and he declares it's good, what does he do? He rests. He does nothing. Like he just rests. And I love that picture. Like, he didn't rest because he's tired. Like, this is, like, the all-powerful God. Like, he's not tired. Um, he didn't rest because he sort of had writer's block. 
you know, I, I, I get that. I sort of start writing something and all of a sudden I hit a wall and I leave it there for like a year and never come back to it and think, oh, when, maybe one day it'll sort itself out. Now, he didn't, he didn't rest because he'd given up or because, like, he rested because it was complete. It was finished. What he had made was good and it was perfect. Everything was just as it was meant to be. You know, he wasn't stressing about whether, you know, the beavers would get along with the giraffes or he wasn't stressing about whether Adam's going to pick the right names or anything like that. Like, he was happy with what he created and he rested from that because it was complete. It was perfect. And, I mean, it's easy to say that about creation. Like, that's back in Genesis, yeah? Like, it's sort of like, okay, I get that. But, you know, I believe that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so that the God that created perfectly is also the God that creates perfectly. Present tense. That God is still making all things new. And that he still creates perfectly even today. Now, and now I know some of you are probably thinking, like, our world's not perfect. And I know well and good that that's true. You know, our world is tainted by sin and brokenness. But here's the thing. I'd, I believe that the powers of darkness are not equal to the powers of God. Like, they are not equal footing. That God is much more powerful. That he is in control. He is sovereign. He's working all things together. And that's part of the mystery of faith, that even though our world isn't perfect, even though we can't see it, we believe that God's word says that he's sovereign and he's in control. And so that's what I'm basing my belief on, not on what I see. That he has a future plan of perfection. You know, that God is making all things new. That he's still creating, he's still working, he's still involved in our world. And he only knows one way to do it, and that's perfection. And I love that idea that God is created perfectly, but he's still creating perfectly. And one day, things will be perfect again. There'll be no mistakes, no stressing about whether it's good enough. You know, we sing this song in our church, like, Good, Good Father. I mean, every church probably sings it, Good, Good Father. Like, it is like the worship song of 2016. Um, but in the, in, the verse, in the verse, in the bridge, it says, you know, he's perfect in all of his ways. That God is perfect in all of his ways. And, and that is, I think, one of the fundamental things that we need to learn from Genesis and from God's creation is that he created perfectly. So one, he created perfectly. Two, he created personally. You know, God's act of creation is intentional. It wasn't like an afterthought. He didn't think, oh, you know, I'm a bit bored. What do I do? Maybe you should create some humans. That would be fun. Like, God, God, it wasn't sort of this accident that, oh, whoops, I created something. Like, God was intentional when he created the world. He had a purpose. And firstly, with us, with humans, it was personal. You know, he makes us in his own image, as we read. But even after that, like, just the, the fact that God breathes into us, that God breathes into us the breath of life, it's like this... It's like this really like personal picture of like someone like breathing it. Like I'm thinking like CPR, like that is that is close action, you know? God breathing into us. And and the picture that the 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 word has in sort of the original language is like blowing into a fire. So like the idea of, you know, you have some wood, maybe you have some sparks, but it doesn't come alive until you you blow oxygen into it. And, and the same with us, you know, we're just sort of flesh and dust 
you know, crafted together, but, it, you know, we didn't come alive until we had a personal touch, until God breathed into us his life. So when God breathes into us, we come alive. You know, no other part of creation gets this touch. Like, it's completely unique amongst the creation that God breathes in. Even the way that he created Eve, you know, he sort of, he could have gone back to the dust. He could have just whipped something up again. But instead, he, he takes Eve from Adam. And it's still like this personal connection, this sense that he's breathed into Adam. Adam Eve is taken from Adam. It's all sort of connected in a personal element to it all. And, and the whole point is this, is that we were created intentionally, we were created personally for a personal relationship with God. Right from the very start, before humanity was even sort of formed, there was this personal element to it all because God wanted a relationship with us. There was this connection, there was this breath, this deep interaction. You know, God breathes into us to set us apart from the rest of creation and to bring, sort of bring the fire to life, so to speak. And in the same way that the fire doesn't work without oxygen, you know, like we could take one of these candles, you know, the classic um, science experiment, you know, you could take one of the candles, put a glass on top, and eventually the flame goes out because there's no oxygen. I think in the same way that's how we were designed, that actually when we're not connected to God, when we don't have his breath in us, we can't survive, that we need him, and that's how we're created. And um, God didn't just create Adam and Eve personally. Once again, it's easy to read it back in Genesis and go, okay, yeah, God did that then. But even now, this is listen to what, um, what David writes in Psalm 139. Um, Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book, my days were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, even when one of them had not yet come to pass. See, God created you perfectly. That's what David's saying. David's saying this you know, hundreds of years later, that even for him, God formed him together. He knitted him together in his mother's womb. And think about it. God actually personally created you. He thought about everything, your family, your situation, your personality, your gifts, your location, your background, everything about it. God personally put you together. You know, you're not part of this conveyor belt system up in heaven, you know, the mega baby-making machine and just what pops out people after people. Like, it's not like, like, it's handmade, personal touch, you and I, all of us, God's personal fingerprint on us all. And so that's what we're created for, created for this personal relationship. You know, why not have a personal relationship with the one who personally put you together because that's what we were designed for so number one created perfect number two created personally number three created purposefully 
that God created us not just for a relationship but also for a purpose. You know, in Genesis, you know, right from the start, you know, God gave Adam and Eve their instructions on how to live. He gave them a mandate. You know, go and fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over it. Name the animals. Take care of the land. All this stuff that that God actually, he created, he gave the instructions, and then he said it was very good. Like he, he didn't declare it was very good until he had actually given us sort of the manual, the instructions on how to take care of the earth. It was always part of the plan that we would, with God, rule together. You know, we were created in God's image, created to create, to fill the earth. And, and here's the thing, fill the earth doesn't mean just make babies, all right? Which is a good thing because all of you, a lot of you are under 18. So don't get any ideas from that. But it, there's, this, uh, there's this word that's paired with it of subdue. It says subdue the earth. And, and what the word, well, the way, one of the ways the word is used is to sort of tread a path. So if you think of like, you know, the bushland and it's just completely uninhabited. And imagine all of a sudden walking through it, you know, making a little path. And then the next day doing it again and the next day doing it again and again and again. And eventually, you know, you've got a path. Eventually, you know, maybe it turns into a road or to a highway or whatever. But the idea is that we fill the earth and subdue it, that we, we tread paths, we make roads, that we create systems and structures to help flourish life. It's not just about people, but it's also about how do we contribute to the flourishing of this world. And that's what happens later in Genesis, you know. Um, there's a story of Cain and Abel in Genesis chapter 4. And at the end of that, it sort of talks about um, Cain's descendants. And um, it says in verse chapter 4, verse 17, um, it says, Cain and his wife, they conceived and they bore Enoch. He built a city, and he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. And later on in verse 20, Adar bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jewel, who was the father of all those who play the lyre and the pop. And there was another guy with a really hard name that I can't pronounce. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. So like, it's probably like not even 100 years after Adam and Eve, and They've had their kids, and then they've had some more kids, and then all of a sudden people are subduing the earth. They're creating paths. They were, you know, building cities. They were building tools and instruments. They were making music, you know, art and culture. They were caring for livestock and building tents, all for the flourishing of people and for the flourishing of life. And that we were created to bear this image of God, that we were created in His image to create but we created in His image also to represent Him. Now, obviously, we don't do this perfectly. In fact, we, we, we did this so bad that God sent His Son to then take our punishment so that we could be clean, so that He could send His Spirit in us, that we can live in a relationship with Him and we can represent Him properly. That he, through His strength now, through His Spirit and His grace, we can represent Him on earth. Because we were created for a purpose. I mean, you look around, everything in nature, everything in nature, there's a purpose and a place for it. You know, if you mess with one thing, it sort of stuffs up another thing in this sort of whole cycle and circle of life. And that he created 
us just the same, that he created us to have a place and a purpose in the world. Now, a lot of this is probably like, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, we've all talked about creation. We've all probably got the Sunday school stories about it. All right, so let's recap quickly. God created, perfect, it's good energy, it's good. God created personally and God created purposefully. Very good. All right, but the question is now, I mean, because once again, it's easy intellectually, it's easy to go, okay, I get that. But my question is, do you actually see the world that way now? Does that actually change the way that you view the world and change the way that you live? Because that's faith. Faith is not just an intellectual concept that you sort of, okay, I've got it and I've read it. But actually, faith is then seeing differently. It's living differently because of what we believe. You know, I was thinking, like, do you have a new lens on? Like, do you have a sort of God is creator lens that that's now the way that you see the world, that you look at things and you look at people and you look at yourself and go, actually, God created that. And he created it perfectly. And he created it personally. And he created it purposefully. You know, and once again, like, they're big claims. They're big things to say. You know, imagine looking at yourself and saying, okay, actually, God created me perfectly. What about saying the same thing about the guy at school or the girl at school that you don't like too much? That actually God created them perfectly. What about looking at yourself? You know, maybe you feel like, I don't know where I belong. I don't know what I have to contribute. You know, I, I, I don't have many good skills or gifts or anything. What if you actually looked and said, actually God created me purposefully. That God put a personal touch in that I am created perfectly see once again this is where the rubber hits the road do we actually does what we believe actually change the way that we see and change the way that we live see faith is seeing our world and its people and seeing ourselves differently because of what God teaches us not because of you know what we feel not because of what other people might say about us. You know, even though I might not feel unique, I might not feel very special, God's Word says that I'm created personally, that God knit me together and that He's got a plan and a place for me. So are we going to let God's Word define us or are we going to let you know, our feelings define us? And that's really the big question for tonight is that how is what we're talking about going to change the way that we see? That God is the creator. And he created perfectly and personally and purposefully. Do you believe that? Do you see that? And so one way that we wanted to sort of just help your reflection around this was we have um, some little frames where they end up. Yeah, we're going to hand them around. Um yeah, yeah, go for it. Because um, I think, oh, I was going to say, I was going to pull out my phone for an example, but I don't have my phone on me. But I think too often we view our lives sort of through our phone, through social media and everything that we have on that. You know, 
So we've got these little Instagram frames. I don't know. If you're on Instagram or not, it doesn't really matter, but the idea is still the same. Um, that, that actually too often we view our life through our phone and we see the adventures that other people are going on and we go, oh, my life's so boring. You know, we see, um, you know, the fitness freak people that are like hitting the gym every day and like, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful and I'm not. You know, we see the amazing food that someone's taking a photo of and we go, oh, my toast and baked beans are so boring. You know, like, you know, we, we compare ourselves to everything that we see on our phone and we compare ourselves and we sort of compare and judge and sort of, I guess we get brought down by what we see around us. I guess the question tonight was, what if we had a new lens? Like, what if we had a new frame to sort of look through? That instead of looking through our phone and saying, okay, this is what, you know, I believe about myself and this is what is going to define me, that actually we had a new lens to to view life through. You know, we're not going to let the numbers of likes that we get or the followers that we get, we're not going to let that define us. You know, we're not going to let our comparisons trap us or our society set expectations that we're burdened by. But instead, we let God's Word define us and that we know deep in our hearts that everything that we see, that when you look through it, everything that you see, God created. And He created it perfectly, personally, and purposefully. Is that cool? So so take those this week, take those home, and, and just think about it. You might, we're going to break off into some discussion groups in a moment and you might want to talk about, okay, where do, I need to, where do I need to put this? Where do I need to sort of look through this? Maybe I need to put it on my mirror and so I see myself in it. Maybe I need to sort of, you know, bring it to school and look through, you know, the people at my school I need to look through this with or wherever, wherever it is. But just to wrap up, I wanted to just read a great verse in Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know, the word workmanship is the same word where we get the word poem. That, like, in some ways we're like, we're God's poem complete, finished, perfect. You know, he didn't sort of scrunch up the paper and go, oh, I've got to start again. He didn't leave it there and think, oh, I'll get back to that one day. You know, there's no sort of crossed out bits. There's no mistakes in it that, that you are God's workmanship, his poem, complete and perfect. And that we were created in Christ Jesus. We are created in a relationship with him. That through him we are made new that we can live in a relationship with Him now and forever. And lastly, that you were created for good works. That's not a conditional statement. That's not just for the elite few. That is, everyone in Christ Jesus has been created to do good works. That God is prepared in advance. That God has already prepared things for you to walk in. And God has a purpose for you. And so we're going to walk in them and walk with Him as we go through this life knowing that God created you perfectly, personally, 
and for a purpose. So let me pray. Father, we, um, we just thank you that, that you are the creator of all things. God, that you created us, that you created the people sitting next to us, that you created the people that we do life with each and every day. They created a beautiful creation, nature and everything around us. And God, that even in the things where we don't quite see your perfection, we know that you're in control, that you are sovereign, that you are powerful, and that you are working all things together for the good of those who love you. And so God, I pray that deep in our hearts that we would know your truth and that that truth would then change the way that we live, change the way that we see, that we'd see ourselves through your lens, that we'd see each other through your lens and would see our world through your lens. And so God, I just pray that over the rest of tonight, over the rest of this week, that you would that you would work that in our hearts because we know that we cannot do it without ourselves. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So one of the things that at each state youth service that we're sort of wanting to do is actually have a time of discussion. So um, a lot of you probably came with your youth group or something or people from your church um, to actually sort of find those people around you, have a chat um, about what we've spoken about, and then we'll wrap it up from there. Um, if you didn't come with your group or something or you're just here by yourself, um, feel free to just go with the people near you. Um, just say, hey, I don't have a group. And if they say no, um, you can tell them that they get no food later. Okay? So just find some people. And um, essentially, the question is this. If God created perfectly, personally, and purposefully, which one do you need help seeing? Which one do you need help seeing in your life and, and maybe where? And you can talk about that in your groups and then um, we'll go from there.